Lord, may you be praised with the timbrel and dance. Amen. Please be seated. So if you don't mind, I'm going to leave today's gospel passage for another day. I've preached on it before, but it, we'll focus on Haggai. Okay? So, you all see this? Can any of you tell me what this is? Yes. That's some music. That's right. This is what I'm showing here. All right? Yeah. It's old. What makes you say it's old? Because there's brown stuff around it and it's torn up. Do you know why it's brown and torn up? What? Because it was burned in the fire. Yes. Way to steal my, uh, my line. That was, <laughs> that was good. Way to go. So yes, this, some of you all know maybe about the chapel fire that happened before most of you were here, right? So this is one of the um, pieces that survived the chapel. It was from a hymnal that burned, and it is um, the, the hymn where true charity and love dwell, God himself is there. And this is, this is it. So. This was a hard time for us here at the, cha- at, at the seminary when this um, chapel burned. And we didn't know what to make of it and we're all watching in stunned silence as this chapel burns. And then we had to live with the scarred remains of this chapel for a long time. It's a little bit like what we heard in the reading from Haggai. These people came back from where they had had to live far away from their homes, and they came back generations later to a place they hadn't even grown up in, but they knew it was theirs, and it had burned. The house of God had burned, and so they went to worship God in a house that was charred remains. And they must have been sad, but they were praying, and that was a bit like us when we were here after the chapel fire. There was a sadness that took our, our space, our community, for a while, and yet we continued to pray. And we found spaces to pray around this entire campus, and so in some ways moved out to sanctify the rest of the campus with our prayers in other places. And then we began to dream and think about plans and ask for money to build a new chapel. And we're so glad for this new space and place to come and to worship and to pray to God. Back in the time of Haggai the prophet, the people of Israel had returned to the homeland of their grandparents, a place they had not even known. And they had neighbors that weren't glad to see them return and didn't want to share space with them. And they had to struggle and wrestle with ground that hadn't been farmed or tilled in a long time and was overgrown with weeds or had become barren for lack of irrigation of water. And those of you who might remember planting the wheat field, uh, the wheat garden here last spring, might also recall how quickly it became overgrown with weeds 
and how the wheat was torn down and taken down by deer and mice and squirrels and birds. Because there weren't people here in the summer that could look after the garden. So that, imagine years and years like that, then trying to reclaim those fields. These folks are just trying to survive, to figure out how to live with each other and with their new neighbors, and to make it through a year without going hungry. And things aren't working out so well. The fields aren't producing enough. And the bit of money they think they have saved seems to keep evaporating or dropping through holes in their pockets. Haggai comes along and says on God's behalf, Hey, y'all. Remember me? God? Remember that house you were going to build for me? You're living in these fine paneled houses you've just built, but my house lies in ruins. Remember me. This is what God is asking the children of Israel, the returning refugees, to do. Don't just survive. Don't spend all your time and effort worrying about your next crops or your house or your clothes or your papers. Step away from just being concerned about yourselves and your own houses. Build a house for me. Make for me a place again to dwell among you, and I will indeed dwell among you and take pleasure in you. Remember me. Do this in remembrance of me. I mean, you know the words, right? It's what we hear at the time we all pray in preparation for receiving communion, what Jesus said to his disciples. Step away from the busyness and self-focus of your own lives. Be with me. Make space for me. Receive me, and I will dwell within you. I will take pleasure in you. Now, I have to tell you, a text like the one today gives a lot of possible directions one could go in thinking and praying. We could think about the lives of refugees who have had to leave their homes and have not found new places to call home. And yes, let us pray for the refugees this night together around the world. We could consider the ways in which neighbors become strangers, when neighbors welcome strangers who come to live where they have been living. And let's pray that we come to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And we can think about that, how challenging it may be to leave everything familiar and come to this seminary to live. Let's bring before God the challenges each one of us is facing. But I do have a couple of questions I'd like to leave you with this evening and invite you to think about and pray about. One is a question I've asked myself about this beautiful chapel, but I've also asked it in other churches that have been rebuilt or renovated or restored now what? What will you do with this space to honor and praise God? To dance and sing and play instruments to show our joy in the Lord? What will you do to bring people in from far and wide, from the highways and byways, who are hungry for spiritual food? What will you do now to practice what is preached and to serve as we have sung and to pursue what we have prayed. Now what? Now what? What shall we make of this house 
How shall this house be known? And I also find myself thinking about Jesus' teachings. When Jesus met a woman in Samaria, and by the way, it was the Samaritans that were not exactly being nice and welcoming neighbors to the returning children of Israel back in Haggai's time. When Jesus met a woman in Samaria, the woman turned the conversation to the question of where people should worship in Jerusalem or on the mountain the Samaritans considered holy. And Jesus replied, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And in another place in the Gospels, Jesus tells a parable of a man from Samaria who was a good neighbor to a stranger who left his own pressing concerns to take a detour and help someone in need, even someone typically regarded as an enemy, and in the process helped open holy ground. And in another place, Jesus tells us of a time that God will judge the nations dividing them based on what they did for those most in need, the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the imprisoned, the lonely. And what did God say to each of the nations? When you did it even to the least one of these, you did it to me. Remember me. Remember me. Come. Hey, y'all, come. Build me a house. Build me a house that I may dwell within and among you. Build me a house within your heart, a spacious and beautiful place for you to welcome me. Build me a house within your home life, a time and space set apart for being with me together. Build me a house in your lives as you live them each day, and especially in how you extend yourself to others in care and love. Open, generous space and time for others and enfold them fully in that time and space. Let a temple arise in the midst of you as you commune with one another in care and as you give each other yourselves to each other. And the distance between strangers is replaced with the temple of those who worship God in spirit and in truth in the care offered to one another. Come, build the temple. And together with God, ask the question, now what? <laughs>